Welcome to the house of the Lord. Welcome to Sunday school, a day where we get to celebrate Jesus Christ. Praise God. Let's go ahead and start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, Lord. Thank you for meeting us here today. We pray that you would touch each person that's here, Lord, that you would touch their heart, their soul, their mind, and that you would fill us, Lord, once again with your love, joy, peace, and let us just feast in your word today, Lord. We thank you for your word and give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> praise God. I was excited to bring my new study Bible as I was showing Pastor and Sister Glover. It's so large and heavy and so exciting because they've got beautiful pictures and beautiful artifact pictures. And I like the pictures, but also just the little notes that are extra. That's what makes it so extra huge. But I remember years ago buying a Bible. It would be like a study Bible like this would be like $150. You can buy one now for right around $50. And it, on Amazon, and it's so inspiring and so encouraging. And you just get in there, it's like, oh. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to share my joy. That, that brings me joy. It brings me joy. And praise God. We are um, looking at our series, and we are in part two of our series where we're looking at victory through faith. So we've looked at already, we've looked at the lessons that we focused on, the 12 spies crossing the Jordan, the the and the crossing at Jericho, and now today is Joshua's final address to the Israelites. And I hope that through this series that it has inspired you and just given you a little boost of faith. Praise God. In the word, praise God. Yeah, it's exciting. So as we continue today, our lesson is, as for me and my house... Most of you could probably finish that off right now. As for me and my house, that is the title for today. We're going to take a look at the scripture found in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And that says today, Joshua 24, 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. This lesson today is about keeping God first, being committed to him, and serving him loyally, lovingly, forever. We want to love and serve him forever, praise God, because he is the creator. He created the whole universe, praise God, and he is the architect of everyone, everyone's life. Praise God. He is the one that does not change. He never changes. He remains the same yesterday. Praise God that we have that. In our, we know that today and forever. And he expects something from us. He wants us to put him first all the time. And he expects that no matter how big something is, or no matter how small something is, he wants to be first. Go to him with that, whatever that need is, big or small, he wants to be the first one. He wants to be that first pickup on the cell phone. Praise God. He wants to be the first one, right? Oh, I didn't know I was going to use it for a prop today. <laughs> so I, I found these two funny stories. 
Uh, so I'll start with them. It's just about keeping God first. And this one actually is, it's called Keep God First. And for all you who hunt, know that I didn't choose the word bullets. It's just there. <laughs> there once was a man who had nothing for his family to eat. He had an old shotgun and three bullets. So he decided that he would go out and kill something for dinner. As he went out on the road, he saw a rabbit. And he shot at the rabbit and missed it. He saw a squirrel and fired a shot at the squirrel and missed it. As he went further, he saw a wild turkey in a tree, and he had only one bullet left. The voice came to him and he, that said, pray first, aim high, and stay focused. However, at the same time, he saw a deer, which was a better kill. He brought the gun down and aimed at the deer, but then he saw a rattlesnake between his legs about to bite him. So naturally, he brought the gun down further to shoot the rattlesnake. Still, a voice said again, pray, aim high, and stay focused. So the man decided to listen to the voice, and he prayed, and he aimed the gun up high, shot the tree, shot the wild turkey. The bullet bounced off the turkey and killed the deer. The handle fell off the gun and hit the snake in the head and killed it. And when, he, and when the gun had gone off, it knocked him into a pond. And when he stood up and looked around, he held fish in his pockets, a deer and a turkey to eat. The snake was dead simply because the man listened to God. There you go. Pray first and listen to God. We're going to keep him first. We want to keep him first. This story is really good about what's, what's really important. What's really important. A woman bought a parrot in a pet store. It sounds like one of those jokes that start with a priest, a rabbi, and someone walk into a grocery store. You know, I say grocery store. A, ma- a woman bought a parrot in a pet store, and she wanted companionship and someone to talk with. The next day, she brought the parrot back to the this shop and said, he won't talk. The store manager asked, does he have a mirror in his cage? Parrots love mirrors. So she bought a mirror and left. The next day she came back and she said, this bird is still not talking. How about a ladder? Parrots love ladders. When he is happy, he will talk to you. So she, le- she bought the ladder and left. The next day she came back, complaining that even with the mirror and the ladder, the bird was not talking. And the manager said, I know what you need. The bird wants a swing. He'll be happy when he has a swing. He'll talk to you then. She reluctantly bought the swing. Sure enough, the next day came. She went back with a very sad face, and she said, the parrot, the parrot died. The manager goes, I'm so sorry. Please, please, did he ever say anything before he died? The woman replied, yes. He said, in a very weak voice, he said, don't they sell any food at that pet store? you guys. <sighs> Sometimes we forget the main thing. Someone once said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So we're talking about Joshua today. Joshua was keeping the main thing the main thing when he addressed the, t- the tri- tribes of Israel. In Joshua 24 verses 1 through 4, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem 
And he called for the, the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nakar, and they served other gods, small g. So what we have here, and, and he says, I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and gave him Isaac. So Joshua is sharing a history lesson, so to say, with these heads. Ecclesiastes tells us, in Ecclesiastes 1.19, it says, it reminds us, that there is nothing new under the sun. Joshua was born in Egypt prior to the Exodus, and he was one of the 12 spies, Joshua, Caleb, and then we know there are 10 others. We don't even care about their names, really. We just know they were there. They were sent by Moses to explore the promised land. In Numbers 13.1, it says that after the death of Moses, he that Joshua led the Israelites tribe he led the Israelite tribe into Canaan Joshua 23:1 says and it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age so he's getting older at his death he was 110 years old and he understood he didn't have very much time left and I often think, you know, as we grow in grace and God's beauty and we age, what are some things we would want to share with our friends, our loved ones, that are, it's so important that they know these things. They need to know this. They need to know this. But primarily, first and foremost, they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to have that redemption of their souls lost. They need to have that uh, Joshua 23, 14 says, And behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and in your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. He's, praise God, he's reminding them, your God is great, he is with you. He has done great things. He has never failed you, and he's not going to fail you. He's not. And Joshua reminds the people of Israel, he said, that everything that God had done for them and warns them to continue to obey God, and he says, don't follow the examples of the nations around you. He said, don't compromise your worship to God in any way. And I guess if we're going to talk about serving God completely, fully, loyally trusting him. We have to say the same thing in 2023, to follow God loyally. Don't look at the gods of this world, small g. Don't look at the idols that could entice us with lost, our souls lost. But Joshua calls together the people in the presence of God to speak basically a history lesson. And I love it because it, it's reiterated again in the New Testament in the book of Acts. Basically, this historical count of where God brought the children of Israel from, where he brought them to, and how he was with them. He never left them. He provided for them, took care of them. Their every need was provided for. Anything you could think of was their needs were met. 
He met their needs. God tells the people how he called Abraham from out of an idolatrous nation. We think, oh, God just called Abraham and he was just serving God and he just like, yes, I'm going. He wasn't serving the one true God. His family and nation, his group of people were serving other gods, idols, small g gods. Abraham's father worshipped false gods. And God of Israel brought him out of that. Think about that. I mean, he just, that was a lot of faith to just do that, to do that. Abraham obeyed the voice of God. He left the false worshipers, and God blessed him. God gave him the promise of offspring through Isaac and multiplied his family. And Abraham's family, we know through history and the story of Joseph, moved to Egypt, and they became enslaved to the Egyptians. We know that. Then God raised up Moses and Aaron, and that's when we had the plagues come upon the Egyptians. God gave deliverance to them with their evil taskmasters. And so those long days in the sun and laboring and toiling, God delivered them. Weren't you thankful for the day that God delivered you from those long days of sin and toil? The days when you, you got up and you're like, I feel so empty. I feel so lost. I feel so lonely. There's something in my heart that I know is missing. And when he brought you into his, the precious light, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you got that just a, even that glimpse that there's more to this world than just what I was living, praise God. I'm so thankful for that day. I'm so thankful. God parted the waters of the Red Sea and delivered the people while also drowning the Egyptians in the same water. Isn't that amazing how that deliverance came and that protection came in the same waters. God chose Joshua to take over that leadership of Moses. And he was chosen by God to replace Moses because he was a man of faith and he was a man of courage. It took courage for him to go and to spy out the land. He was one of the leaders and that took courage to go into a land where there are so-called, there were giants and they were larger people. So he was able to be strong and courageous because he believed and acted on his faith in the promise that, in Joshua 1.9, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I think he must have just took that and sung it in his heart and say, I know you're going to be with me wherever I go. And I like to, honestly, when I start my day and work and go about day, I want to I know in my heart and that the Lord my God is with me. Not only him, but his heavenly host. His heavenly host is with you. There are more heavenly hosts with you than there would be not. <laughs> you are his favored child of God. On my good day, I'm a child of the God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Remember that. We are a child of God. I was listening to that song on the way to church this morning. <laughs> what kind of man was Joshua? Joshua... He chose to fight the Malachites and choosing to fight when it might have meant that he lost everything. I say that because, man, are we, we going to have those characteristics also? Choosing to fight when it really makes sense and when the rubber meets the road, it's like, okay, choose your battles, right? Choose, choose what battles. Joshua chose to reject 
the golden calf, choosing not to worship the golden calf, choosing when to fight flesh and not let flesh be satisfied. He didn't do that. Joshua chose to serve Moses. He was a humble man. He served in a place of humility. Joshua chose to believe God's promises about the promised land, ignoring the beliefs of the majority around him. Wow, we kind of live in a generation like that, don't we? He chose to take leadership of Israel and lead them into the land, choosing faith over unbelief. And sometimes, I tell you what, taking they say taking a leap of faith, sometimes it's just exactly that. It is the hardest stretch you will ever have to take in a certain situation or circumstance. And you say, Lord, I'm going to leap. I'm going to go with you. Because I know you're never going to leave me. You are with me. You are for me. <laughs> you are covering me. And you've got me, God. So I'm going to take that leap. And you know what? We choose individually whether or not we're going to take that leap. It can be a little baby step. And at first, if it is, Praise God. That might be all that at the moment you could do is that little tiny baby step. And if it is, God will bless it. He absolutely will bless it. He had such a grounded faith in God. He gave the people a reminder where they had come from. Isn't that great to remember where we've come from, where God has brought us from? The miracles that God had done to set them free from slavery in Egypt Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And at the end of his life, he wanted to tell God's people to serve God and not to serve the false idols from their past. And, you know, we could take that right into 2023. Oh, you know what? God's brought each one of us from something. Something we we have all been brought here from something. God help us not to go back and serve the idols of our past, to serve the God, small g, that we served before we came to the Lord, not to bring them with us like the Israelites did. They had, they had secretly brought their idols with them, like in their little backpacks. You know, they're like, they left Egypt, but you know what? We're still bringing our idol gods with us. And they have fought, and into the New Testament too, these idol gods, they just they fight it almost in every book of the Bible. We're fighting it, these idol worshipers. And as Israel left the wilderness behind, they were excited about this future, right? And God used Joshua to remind Israel that they were inheriting a land for which they did, number one, not work. Wow, wouldn't that be great? Well, guess what, church? We have a hope for that. <laughs> New Jerusalem. They would be residing in cities that they had not worked to build. They would be eating fruit that, and they would be eating fruit that had come from vineyards that they had never planted nor kept. Wow. How many of you keep a garden here? How much work is that? <laughs> you can't neglect it for a day, can you? You just can't. Because whether it's really super hot or you get a lot of rain, you've got to water take care, tend, it takes a lot of work. But they were going to eat from fruit that they had never, they never planted it, they never tended it, they never took care of it. Praise God. Israel needed to understand that God desired to raise up a people who would, who would serve him 
and not serve the gods that were all around him, all around the nation. And God chose this man, Joshua, who would follow him by faith. And this faith would help prepare God's people for the future. Praise God. In chapter 24, Joshua, talking to the elders, all the leaders, um, he said, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him, verse 14, in sincerity and in truth, and put away the God, small g, which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. This was like this, this heartbeat just echoing, like serve the Lord. Don't serve the idols. And I, I, can't, I couldn't go any further without telling you this, these false gods in the Old Testament were worshipped by the people of Canaan and all the nations surrounding that promised land. Um, Deuteronomy 32.17 says that they sacrificed unto devils, not God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods, small g. And when Joshua was speaking on behalf, he knew that this was his last opportunity to influence these people. He's like, I'm almost done on this earth. I've got to say something. Please stop serving these false idols and false gods. Serve the one true living God. And he's still seeking a commitment from us today in 2023. He wants us to not serve the gods that we served before we came to him and serve him wholly, loyally, faithfully, lovingly, completely. So there were so many of these false gods that they worshipped, and some of them included, I just want to let you know some of them so that you have an idea. One was Astareth, and she was a false goddess of the Canaanites, and she was connected with fertility, and she was sometimes called the companion of Baal. Remember King Solomon? the wisest man, that, that man, he was influenced by his foreign wives, and he fell into Astareth worship, which led to his downfall. There was a god of Baal, who was considered basically the supreme god among the Canaanites and worshipped in many forms, but often in the sun god or the storm god. And he, as a false fertility god, who supposedly made the earth bear crops and women bear children. This is the stuff they believed. And rites involved with Baal worship included cult prostitution and sometimes human sacrifice. There was, remember the showdown that occurred between the prophets of Baal and Elijah at Mount Carmel? Worshiping Baal was basically a reoccurring theme for the Israelites. And this, and I wanted to say this because there was, in 1 Kings, verse 19, Elijah had this great victory, huge, and it was in verse 18, this huge victory at Mount Carmel. 400 prophets of Baal, false prophets, all basically in the pocket of Queen Jezebel going up there. Elijah, after his great victory, in verse 19, it says, Ahab told his wife, Jezebel's husband, what Elijah had done and that he had killed the prophets. She sent a message to Elijah. You killed my prophets. Now I'm going to kill you. I pray that the gods will punish me even more severely if I don't do it by this time tomorrow. Verse 3. Elijah was afraid when he got her message and he ran to the town of Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there and walked another day into the desert. Finally, he came to a large bush and sat down in its shade and he begged to the Lord. He said, 
I've had enough. Just let me die. I'm no better off than my ancestors. And he lay down and fell asleep in the shade. And then the story goes on with an angel coming to give him something to eat and drink. I wanted to say that to you because there were these false prophets, but there was this nasty queen with a nasty spirit, and her spirit trait is still alive and kicking in the world today. And as Christians, we need to be aware that, yes, there are false prophets. Okay, we see them. We're not going to serve them. But there is something called the Jezebel spirit that is out there that this, this spirit wants obsessive passion and domineering control. And what she did was she killed, was she was killing all the prophets of God, as many as she could kill. And that's what, where the showdown came with her and Elijah on Mount Carmel or her prophets of Baal. And she was order, ordering basically all of the prophets to be killed. And what she did was wherever she conquered a prophet of God's altar and took over, she erected a prophet of Baal. And so these people, they were just inundated, inundated with false worship, false gods, and with Queen Jezebel doing all of these things, it didn't make it any easier for the people of Israel living. Strongest enemy, I would say Elijah, but God won. Praise God. He won then, and he's going to win again. And I wanted to just make a note, because in Revelation chapter 2, one thing that the Lord did say to the church at Thyatira, he says, I know your works, I know your charity, I know your patience. And then he said this, I said, I have one thing against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat foods sacrificed to idols. So this is just a picture of the children of Israel, what they were facing, they were facing, and there were so many of these false gods around. And if they were not strong enough, they were falling back into this false god worship. And there's so many others. I'll just say some of the names of them. There was Chamath. Um, Solomon erected an altar to Chamath after the, the Mount of Olives outside Jerusalem. They call it the Hill of Corruption, 2 Kings 23.13. There was the, the Dagon who was a god of the Philistines, he had, get this, the body of a fish and a human head and hands on its statues. They worship this. Remember, Sam, remember Samson? Good old Samson. Nice hair. <laughs> he met his death at the temple Dagon. Samson found out the hard way what happens when you forget the fundamentals of living in favor of God. You know, and... God's gifts are without repentance. God gives us spiritual gifts, he, and we get to choose to use them for his glory or not. God, help us all. Um, in 1 Samuel 5, it says, After the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, they placed it in their temple next to Dagon. The next day, Dagon's statue was toppled over on the floor. They set it upright again, and the next morning it was again on the floor with the head and hands broken off. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. You know what? There was a reason why Joshua was so emphatic. He was emphatic to the people not to serve the idols. Don't serve these idols. Sir, don't serve these idols from your past. 
serve God because he knew the one true living God and he knew that all the other gods were false. They were not real. They're statues. You're praying to wood and brass or gold. And the Egyptians had so many gods, I couldn't even, there's so many, like over 40 plus gods. And we remember the golden calf, right? Which the Israelites handcrafted. That golden calf um, occurs twice in the Bible, first in front of Mount Sinai, fashioned by Aaron, and the second in the reign of King Jeroboam in 1 Kings 12. You know, once again, mankind is just making a joke of himself, making a, a golden calf to worship. Think of what our Heavenly Father must have been thinking at that moment, just the heartbreak and sorrow and Mike, just all these gods. So many false gods, so I'll stop there. What about the Ten Commandments? Didn't they, weren't they taught that from their youth up on their grandma and grandpa's laps? You know, the Exodus 20, verse 2 and 3, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They must have forgot what God had done for them. I just think they must have forgot. Because how could they go and serve the gods that were false when they knew the power and the might and the strength in our God? They must have forgot. So that means we just need to remind ourselves. And I, and I had to put this in because I would never serve a false god. Matthew 24, 14 says... For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We must be so careful. We must be so aware. And we must be in the word. Praise God for all of you continuing in your Bible reading in 2023. Praise God. So that last word from Joshua, from God commanded the Israelites to get rid of the idols, to serve the Lord, and please, for just stop serving those pagan gods that your ancestors served. Joshua told the people how much faith and perseverance it took for Abraham to first initiate the promise. And he highlighted in this historical speech how God's faithfulness, his hand had been in every part of their lives. Pretty much everybody living under Joshua's leadership had heard the stories of Exodus. Why wouldn't they? I think when they gathered around the fire pit outside, they probably talked about them and recounted and shared stories like we do of our family that we have had that have gone before us. Yet God wanted even more so Joshua just to highlight the miraculous favor and provision that he extended to them. He extends that to us today. We are his favored people. We are children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are his child. We have favor. I often will remind even my husband when he goes to work or my kids, walk in his favor. Walk in his favor. You know what? Know who you are in Jesus Christ. You have privileges that no people, other people don't have. You have entry where other people don't have. There are blessings that you have that others do not have because you have his favor. And he, Joshua was just trying to remind them, 
that you've had this. Don't forget it. Imagine how, I just can't, I'm just imagining how this older man, aged at almost 110, how he must have sounded with emotion and just such, like almost a pleading with them to just not serve those idols anymore. Please don't serve the idols. Serve the one true living God. You know, because he, some of them had not known the bondage in Egypt. Some of them had never been in Egypt. They just heard stories. Maybe they heard only, you know, sometimes you only hear what you want to hear. Maybe they only heard the leeks and the garlic and all the good stuff that they got to eat, and they're thinking, okay, maybe they just heard that, and they just skimmed over the rest. They had not felt the grip of the Red Sea. Wow. They had not felt that. Imagine <laughs> imagine that exhilaration and their heartbeats when they were going to step onto that dry ground, each one of them individually for the first time, and see the walls of water on each side. Imagine how they felt. They had to have some faith to take those steps as God buried the army of their enemies in the watery grave right behind them. This generation of Israel, they were not at Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments were given. Joshua just wanted to remind them where God had etched in stone the Ten Commandments, gave them to Moses. These were a people with rich legacy. Their forefathers had, been, had a tremendous testimony. We as born-again Christian, Christians, chosen people, God has given us great and precious promises. Second Peter 1 and 4. Praise God. Joshua 24, 14. Read it, read it at the beginning again. Fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And yes, as the children of Israel, they were the recipients of God's great grace. We are the recipients of God's great grace. Praise God. However, interestingly enough, they still had idols from their past. Help us not to have idols from our past. Let's not take trash with us. Trash is just nasty. That's what those idols, I would think of them as just being trash. After a while, trash stinks. You don't look so great anymore. You don't smell so great anymore. It just doesn't work. It's not, it's not good. As children of God, we have to guard against the dangers of embracing this culture's gods and the gods of our past, where we've come from. Um, I can't remember who said it, and Lonnie would know if it was brother. The same door that you come into church with would be the same door that Satan would take you out with. Who said that? Brother Cole? He's not listening. <laughs> Brother, was it Brother Cole? Brother Bear, thank you. Brother Bear. That's kind of like sobering in a big way, you know? Because that would probably be the, maybe, whatever. But God help us to keep ourselves under the blood, covered, and not just ourselves, our families. When Aaron and Kendrick came over last night, Praise God, they, he married into a family where if his mama-in-law feels that it's time for 
um, anointing when they walk in the door, they're anointed when they walk in the door. In Jesus' name. I said, we're doing a cleansing right now in the name of Jesus. There is no evil thing or unwanted thing in our home. And we di- I did it. And you know what? Is there anything wrong with Kendra and I? No, we're perfectly good. <laughs> we're, we're great. But you know what? It's because we do that that we can be in, in complete relationship and oneness with God. There's, not, there's no junk in the middle. There's no junk in our house. We don't want it there. Just get so I get rid of it. We get rid of it, and um, that's a good thing to do. If you haven't done it for a while, do it. <laughs> so we're guarding against the gods of this world. Oh, and a lesson for us today: turn aside from whatever distracts you or hinders you. That could be so many different things. What robs our time with God? What fills our days? And what are we looking forward to? Are we looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? That's important. Joshua, he concluded his plea and he challenged those that he was addressing. He said, make a choice. It's time to decide. You know what? Serve the idols from your past or serve God. And far too long... And in the, in the notes for our lesson today, just talking about this group thinking mentality that the Israelites had, that they murmured together, they worshiped the golden calf together, they doubted together, but Joshua was presenting them with something a little different. Choose you this day whom you ye will serve. Each one has to make that decision. Each one. I can't make that decision for my children. I can't make it for, I'd like to make it for other people. I can't. It's their decision to make. And no matter what others do, we have to make our personal commitment. And we have to lead ourselves, lead our homes in the way of God. We choose to follow him. We choose to read his word. We choose to pray. We choose to follow Jesus Christ when no one else My buddies aren't following Jesus Christ. My family's not following Jesus Christ. My neighbors aren't following Jesus Christ. But I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Praise God. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God will bless you with what you need when you need it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Joshua made this commitment that he was going to serve God, he and his family. It was very bold, and I think it was great because it was bold, and it was probably very emotional because he had seen firsthand the idolatry and false God worship and the grossness of it all and the disgustingness of it all and the loss of life in it all. He had seen all that. And he just implored them to serve God. So as he was waiting, he didn't even wait for an answer from the people. He just said, he, he put it out there. He said, serve, choose, choose who you're going to serve. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And into 2023, who are we serving with all of our heart? As blood-bought children of God, We're in a battle every day for our faith. Something wants to steal our faith away, and it's our adversary. 
but we're in a good fight of faith. As we continue in our challenges, and we're going to have challenges. Some of them are going to be so hard, you're going to think, I'm leaping too far. I can't stretch anymore. If I stretch anymore, I'm going to really just fall apart because I can't stretch that far. Whatever challenges it is, and then it can be many things, but I wanted to touch on these few things that our challenges could be. We all live in a world where we get hurt. And if we allow a wound to fester, it gets worse. It's infected. In our spirits, if we get hurt and we allow our spirits to be bitter, that hurts us. We think, oh, everyone else is wrong, right? And maybe that's the case. Maybe they, you were right. Ephesians 431 tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every, every form of malice. I wanted to look up malice so you know what it meant. It means the intention or desire to do evil or ill will. As children of God, we should never have those thoughts in our heart. If you ever do, it's prayer time. <laughs> it's prayer time. Um, the challenges might be of unforgiveness. Life happens. We get hurt. Unforgiveness, what does the word say? Mark 11, 25, 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You know, there's a measure of grace after you receive the Holy Ghost and people have hurt you and done something that's really horrible. There's a measure of grace and love that God gives you in your spirit that you can forgive. You can. And if you have to, um, you know what? Die to, you have to. You have to die to it daily and give it to the Lord. You know what? If it's a lust of the flesh, greed, whatever it is, maybe those are the things that are distracting you. Maybe it's not your finances. Maybe it's not your health. Maybe it's not your your um, illnesses in your family. Um, whatever it is, give it to Jesus Christ. Put it under the blood. Plead the blood over it. God calls us to walk by faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We see things around us and it doesn't look good. But by faith, Let's, if we can have our eyes opened to have spiritual eyes to see, and Lonnie was reminding me of the first time Kevin got glasses. He got glasses, and they were going for a bike ride down Salamantoff. And Kevin looked up across the inlet, and he said, there are mountains over there. Have they always been there? Isn't it amazing? And then for a moment, I think he got sad that, our son didn't know there were mountains across the inlet. But we didn't know he needed glasses. But when he finally got glasses, he was able to see the mountains across the inlet. God, give us faith to see through spiritual eyes. Because there's more to this life than we are seeing. There is a whole angelic realm around us. We see in the natural but what God has in the supernatural, we cannot see. And there is a whole spiritual, angelic realm. And you, there, is, there are more with you than, you than you know. And they are with you. 
that God would open our eyes of faith and see. And this is what this whole series is, you know, just learning to walk through faith and find these victories in faith. And if you think, I don't have any personal victories in faith, oh, you're, they're coming and you do. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, give it to Jesus and live in that spiritual victory in faith. And Bible faith is just having that complete trust and obedience to God and his word. And this is the clincher. No matter what the outlook, God is in control. We can't do one thing about changing the events and the circumstances of our lives. No matter what, God is in control. Praise God. I'm going to close with that today. God is so good. And you know what? Let's just continue to live in God's great grace and choose to serve him over anything else. Praise God. God bless you.